Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Latina Investors. Okay, so this episode is going to be a reflection on the 10 lessons that I have learned in the last year and also in the last 10 years. Um, And this is kind of inspired by a post that I wrote on Instagram titled The Last 10 Lessons I Learned Since Graduating from College. So I graduated from college 10 years ago, and it kind of came up on my like time hop. Um, and I wanted to kind of do a like reflection of the last 10 years, but then next week I wanted to dive into like specifically like what 2023 looked like for me, what I accomplished, how I'm setting goals for 2024. I am huge on the goals. Like I'm, (laughs) I love the new year. I love planning. I love, you know, reflecting. I love evaluating. So if you're into that kind of stuff, um, you're going to enjoy next week's episode, but this week's is just kind of reflecting on like the money and life advice that I've kind of learned over the last 10 years. Okay, so let's start off with number one. You can't solve an income problem by oversaving. So this is something that I learned in retrospect. When I graduated college, I was making $22,000 a year. And my biggest focus at the time was to save $10,000. Now, if you do the math, (laughs) that is almost 50%. Let's do 10,000 divided by 22,000. That's 45% savings rate, right? Like I would have to need to save almost half of my income. But I was like, let me do this, right? Like I'm going to commit to this goal. I don't know where my audacity came from. I was just like, yep, 10,000 is the goal. How are we going to do it? Um, and so I got really uh, um, creative with finding a super cheap sublease. Um, so I was paying $200 for rent, which is like crazy. Um, I minimized my expense. Like I did, I don't, to be honest, I don't fully know how I did it. And I didn't even get to 10000 I got to 8000 in 18 months, which kind of averages around like $400 a month. Um, and I made it work uh, to, to hit this goal. Now, looking back, I didn't have a savings problem. I had an income problem, right? I, If I would have spent three months, three to six months looking for another job that paid me, you know, $45,000, $50,000 a year, I would have been able to reach my saving goals much faster. And so sometimes, or not sometimes, as I reflect, I'm like, man, like, uh, you cannot solve a income problem by oversaving. Like one of the things you also want to think about is how do I increase my income every year? How do I get strategic with that? How do I make um, you know progress towards that? How do I uh, create a process for increasing my income that doesn't feel overwhelming, that doesn't feel time consuming, that feels light, that feels like, yeah, this is just something that I do. A lot of times um, what happens with like salaries is we we take a really passive approach to them. We wait for them to happen, right? We wait for a promotion. We wait for a bonus. We wait for a job opportunity to come up. And in order for you to feel more in control of your finances, you have to feel like you are in control of your income, even if you have a nine to five job, right? You have to feel like I can and know how to get a higher paying job every couple of years. This is why career coaches are such a great resource, right? 
Like they teach you the skills that you need to be able to do this over and over again over the course of your working career, right? And if you know the skills you need to increase your income, that is going to get you so much farther than just like saving and saving and over saving. So biggest kind of lesson is it's not just the savings thing. Like sometimes it is an income problem that you want to um, you know, solve. Okay. Lesson number two, buy the book. So people ask like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, so when I was in my hyper saving mode, earning 22K a year, I wanted to buy a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Um, but I shared an Amazon Prime account with people and I didn't want them to see me buying a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich right? Because I had a lot of thoughts about rich people or my desire to make more money or wanting to be rich. And so I was like, I can't buy this. Like took it out of my cart, deleted history. And I was like, I'm, I just, you know, never read it. Um, funny enough, when I started investing, I went back to that book. I read it seven years later. As soon as I read it, I opened a Roth IRA. I bought my first investment and I started my investing journey, but I waited seven years to start. To date, that, <laughs> that removing the book from the cart has been one of my like, oh man. Now, obviously, like people could be like, yeah, well, you could have bought it and maybe not re- and read it and maybe not done anything. Yeah, I could have. Or I also could have just, you know, done what the book said, like I did seven years later. And, you know, so I, you never know um, what the outcome would be, but. Um, my biggest lesson is to just make the decision, right? And like check your mindset around money, right? What are you believing about money, about wealthy people, about um, the word rich? And how is that stopping you from bringing in more money, making more money, creating more wealth, right? Is there a part of you that rejects um, being wealthy, if so, why? Like unpack that. There's so much that um, goes on in our mind when it comes to money. And this is kind of, this is called like your money mindset. And your money mindset, like I kid you not, impacts literally everything. <laughs> what you will decide to do with money, what you won't decide to do with money, how you'll manage money, how you won't manage money. And so if you want to create results that are like, outcome results like I saved this much I did this I you know like created the actual monetary results you have to be willing to unpack your mindset with money so that was lesson number two lesson number three wanting to make more money doesn't make you bad especially if you're making twenty thousand dollars a year so this is my second job (laughs) I made a little bit more money which yay (laughs) but I was still under 30k a year Um, And at the time, I worked at a church. And so I was in ministry um, for like three years. I did an unpaid internship, and then I did a residency that I kind of got paid, and then I took a job at the church, and the salary was 28K a year. Um, And because I was in a ministry church job, I felt like I heard the message that like, this was never like outright said to me. But I heard the lesson that like the, ri- like being rich or the desire to have more money is like bad. You should be content at all times. 
um, there is like almost like more you like you're morally superior almost if you like embrace and love poverty. Um, you shouldn't need much. Like all of these messages were never outright said to me, but it was what I believed. And so because I started internalizing these messages, I felt super bad that I wanted to make more than 28K a year, which now thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, girl, you weren't even like, you're fine. <laughs> Double your income. Like, don't be afraid to ask for more um, because your desire to want more does not make you a bad person, right? Like, I want to make a lot of money. Like, I want to have more than I need, like, and with that resource, I have plans, right? Like I'm going to support uh, my family. I'm going to support my kids. I'm going to uh, be generous with um, organizations, movements that I want. Like I'm going to share experiences with friends and family. Like I now I'm like, no, there's no, there's, there's, I'm like stuttering because I'm like so <laughs> into like this message. Like there's nothing wrong with you if you want to make more, right? Now I want to add, um, there is something to always chasing and always um, wanting more and never being satisfied. And I think that it is worth talking about. Like there is something to that. And I think that like I have kind of, come to terms with like, I'm always going to want more, right? Like I'm always going to want to do it better, want more, um, do it faster. Like that's just like to some degree how I'm wired. And I also know I can drop into gratitude and contentment for what I have created and what has been given to me um, in any moment. And, and then there's a balance of like, more please and I like have everything I need <laughs> I want more and I'm super content and grateful for my life I want more and you know so like there there is a balance there um and I think everybody has their own journey for figuring out what is that balance for you and how do you know when you're you're being you're being um swayed too much to one side or the other right like how do you check yourself what are things that you do to kind of like make sure you're finding a balance that feels good and right to you. So that was lesson number three. Lesson number four. Oh no, my computer just died. Let me pull it up again. Um, okay, lesson number four. Stop telling yourself you need more time to make a decision. You don't. So this is something that I I used to like, so I already am like a very introverted, deep thinker, um, very pensive, uh, so I would just tell myself like, oh, I'm a slow decision maker. I need time. I need to think with it. I need to sit with it to think, right? And for me, I started realizing like, oh, wait a second. Like, is time actually valuable in my decision making process? And so I started evaluating what is my decision making process, right? Like, how do I know if I am making a good decision? And this became super important because I realized like, oh, decision making is a money making skill. Being able to make decisions is going to keep you moving in the right direction and keep you making money, right? And so if I'm 
if I'm here thinking like I make slow decisions, it clicked for me where I was like, oh, I'm essentially saying like I move slow to make money, right? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want that to be the equation. I want to figure out like, okay, what is my decision-making process? And is time part of that equation? And if so, how much time, right? Because sometimes what happens with like, oh, I just need time to make this decision is like we don't define what that time frame is. And time can turn into 30 days. It could turn into a year. It could turn into an, an infinite amount of time where you're like sitting and trying to come up with your decision, right? So I realized like, okay, in order for me to make an informed decision, I need to get all of the information that I can think to get to be able to like create safety in me making the decision, right? So what are all the things that I possibly can think of? What are ways that I can like jog my brain to like think of things that I don't even think yet, right? Like that's the first thing. Then I need to go find answers to all of those questions. Great. Now that I have logically all of the checkpoints of I've made, you know, I want to make this decision. Here's all the information that I need. I might still feel scared to make a new decision. And that's okay. Because the, for me, the next part of the equation is all of the information plus courage to make a new decision equals decision. <laughs> right? That, that for me, that is all I need. Now, sometimes I do give myself a time frame, but I make an intentional decision <laughs> to, to pick, okay, in order for me to gather all the information and like tap into courage, I'm going to give myself two days. I'm going to give myself four days, right? Like I get to decide like in this time frame, I'm going to gather the information. I'm going to muster up the courage like give myself what I need to to you know make that decision and, and almost kind of like talk talk myself into my own choice that I've decided to make and then I'm actually going to make the decision of yes or no right I love to close loops on decisions because that gets you closer and closer to where you want to be it's so I realize it's so counterproductive to just kind of be in a loop of like, we're deciding, we're thinking about it, where like it just kind of is like, no, 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 you need to make a decision, you know, commit to the action, evaluate, make another decision, commit to the action, evaluate, right? And that might mean one of the decisions that I make might not work out exactly the way that I want it to. And that is okay because now what I have is more information, more knowledge, I've evaluated what worked, what didn't work. Okay, cool. Gathered that information. Um, now I know to ask these questions when I make this type of decision and I'm going to keep them moving, right? Um, so I, that is has been one of the most uh, underrated skills, I think, that I've discovered that I'm like, whoa, decision-making is a money-making skill. So that was lesson number four. You don't need time. You just need a decision-making process and um, figure that out for you. Number five, lesson number five, your introversion is not a problem. So I am an introvert. I don't know if you guys can pick up on that um, online. <laughs> I know I can. I can usually tell like, oh, this person's introverted. This person's extroverted. 
I'm an introvert. Um, I come off as an extrovert just because I'm very comfortable talking to my stories and I'm very comfortable like online with video, but I am an introvert. And for the longest time, I made that a problem because the world highlights, society highlights extroverts. We highlight people who um, are extroverted. We find a lot of value in extroverted qualities. And I always thought it was a problem that I was an introvert, but it's actually not. Like, I feel like um, over the last couple of years, I've realized like, oh, wow, there's a lot of strengths to being an introvert. Um, There's ways that I'm just going to be deeper or have like a more um, thought out, you know, thought process. And I find a lot of value in that. And I think I've realized like, introversion doesn't mean I have to be shy or timid I can be introverted and confident and my version of confident is going to look different and that's okay um and so if you're an introvert listening to this and you feel like it's something that you that like you don't like about yourself my biggest sort of advice from one introvert to the next is like learn to love it learn to like like love that part of you because it is so valuable even if society has told you it's not right like it is and once you know the power and the beauty and the value of your introversion um the more you'll like feel comfortable um just like walking that out fully so that is lesson number five lesson number six the 5k investment you didn't show up for isn't a waste In fact, that investment has saved you so much money because now you understand what is a full body yes and what's a no. So in 2018, (laughs) I made my first business investment, 5K for a mastermind. It was five, no, it was six months of group coaching and you got one-on-one calls. um, And uh, I was like, yeah, I want to invest in this. I this point um wanted to maybe it was 2019 wanted to like start turning my personal finance instagram to like um helping people through a coaching program i didn't know anything and i was like i want to join some like a program that will teach me all the skills um i invested five thousand dollars and i got so scared like i it was just I don't know if it was too big of an investment or I didn't have the tools to kind of process that investment. Um, But I freaked out. Like literally every time I opened my savings account, I'd be like, dang, I would have $5,000 more. If I would add to my savings, I would add, (laughs) I can't believe I did this. I would add $5,000 and be like, yep, that's how much I would have. I hadn't done this investment thing. And because I resented it, I didn't show up for the calls. And I pretty much like, just ghosted the program right like I it to me felt like such a waste like five thousand dollars to me felt like such a big amount of money at the time and it still does like 5k's yeah you do a lot with 5k um but because of that experience I stopped really investing in things for a good year or two because I was like, no, 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 I can't do that again. I can't, I can't afford to lose money. I, I can't like, you know, and, and that just didn't create the results that I wanted to create. And I had to like really come to terms with, I need to decide this is not a waste. How can I decide this is not a waste? 
And this is when I started kind of turning things around and being like, all right, what did I learn from that investment? Why did I make it? Why did I not show up for it? What, um, what were red flags that I could have looked out for? What, you know, I started asking myself really good questions so that I could get to a point where I was like, oh, I know exactly why that happened and I know what to look out for in the future. Now, having done that, every single time that I make an investment, I now know exactly what to look for, exactly what it feels like in my body and exactly what, you know, which way to move. Um, so today that 5k investment has saved me so much money because I know very quickly, like intuitively, this is a no. I know everything else is saying it's a yes and I'm really into the marketing and the hype and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, now I'm like so tuned in to exactly what I need to be tuned into to know if this is a good investment or not. And it wasn't until I reflected and found value in that 5K investment until I realized like, oh, I didn't, I didn't waste this. This is a part of my wealth building journey. I don't have to have shame about it. I'm going to make back the 5K. And I did like exponentially. Um, and it could just be a part of my story. It doesn't have to mean I was bad at this or I should be shamed, right? Like I could make an argument for like, yeah, this was your first investment. You are a brand new business owner. You had no idea how to like think through these things. You were just learning and you made a decision. And it just so happened that this decision came with a 5K price tag. And that was like part of your story. And now you're better for it, right? So I think a lot of times with money mistakes, we we let it take us out of the game. And um, it's okay if you need some time to regroup, right? Like, oop, let me, let me regroup. Um, but then after you do that, after you look back, evaluate, ask yourself the questions, like continue to move forward because building wealth is going to require you to invest, whether it is in a program to increase your skill set to make more money or you're hiring, hiring a career coach or invest in a program to teach you how to invest in the stock market or actually and send money out of your savings to invest in the stock market like you're you if you want to be a wealth builder you have to develop the skill of learning how to identify if something is a good investment and that's just going to be an ongoing process this year i think i've like made way less i can't tell you the number because i haven't done my like reflection for the year but i've i have not it's been the year where I've wasted, quote unquote, the least amount of money, right? I'm. It's so easy for me to be like, nope, that's a no. Nope, that's a no. Yep, this is a yes, full body. Nope, nope, you know? And it's a lot easier for me to trust myself because I've developed the skill of investing and making investment decisions that I know are good for me, even if they are new, even if they are scary, even if they do require me to be courageous. Um, so that was that lesson number six. Now, lesson number seven. Oh, this is kind of picking, backing off of lesson number six. Um, there's just a thing as wasted money. So by definition, waste means to use or expend carelessly, extravagantly, or to no purpose. So going back to the 5K investment that I made, if you can find a purpose, it is not wasted. And I know that some people might argue and be like, what? No, it is still wasted. No, if you can find a purpose for it, it is not wasted. 
And now I believe that so much. I believe that about money in general, right? Like I now I'm like, there's no such thing as wasting money, right? Because when I spend money, I am either like, yeah, awesome. That was in full alignment. I got the thing. I enjoyed it. It was great. Or I learned like, hmm, I didn't enjoy that. Why? Was it because of this? Was it because of that? Okay, cool. Now I have information. Now I know. Um, I don't want to do it that way. I, this was something that I feel like I learned about getting my nails done. I, every time I got my nails done, I went in with the expectation of like, I'm going to love this. I'm going to enjoy it. This is going to be great. And I always come, came out very dissatisfied. And I don't know if it's because I just didn't find the right place. Um, but I think I came to terms with like, you know what? I'm trying to replicate my wedding nails. <laughs> and my wedding nails looked so great. I loved them. Um, or my engagement nails. And I just like have never, I haven't been wowed like I have for those two experiences. So I realized like, okay, I need to go back to that place. Um, and that, that place is a little pricey. So either I'm going to just like go every so often to that place and be wowed, or I am going to just do my nails at home. And so now I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. If I get my nails done, I want to get them done there, which means like they're going to be a little pricier or I'm just going to do nails at home, right? In the in-between. And so for me, getting subpar nails for like four or five visits served a purpose. It helped me realize this is how I want to approach this. This is how I want to navigate this. It wasn't a waste. I Now I know this is my strategy. This is my nail. <laughs> this is my nail strategy. And if you follow me on Instagram, last week I did Christmas nails and I cannot tell you how much joy they brought me. It was literally one of my personality traits for like a week. I kept showing everyone my nails. I my, showed my husband like my nails, I think like four times. And he knows that when I get really excited about something, like I'll just tell him multiple times how cool that thing is. So he's like, wow, you really like these. This is like the fourth time you're telling me. And I'm like, I know it's so fun. Anywho, all that to say, there's no such thing as wasted money if you can find a purpose or a lesson with it. Okay, so that was lesson number seven. Um, now we're going to do lesson number four, which is trust your intuition. It is your secret weapon. Our intuition, this is something that this year I learned. Um, but yeah, your intuition really can pick up the subconscious, right? They could pick up like things that your conscious mind is not aware of. And so there is so much wisdom and listening to your intuition and your body. Sometimes your intuition, your body knows the right answer and your logical brain is saying, no, 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 we can't because of these things. And sometimes it's like, hey, if you, if you would just only listen to your intuition and know that it might take a little faith, a little courage, um, because we, we live in a very logical society, like our society is very like practical, logical, like we we value that. Um, but we've lost sight of like, hey, like our intuition, we have an inner knowing that is going to guide us one way or the other. And I think it's your secret weapon to, to learn how to tap into that. Um, it'll help you make decisions that you're like, what? I didn't see that coming, but I trusted my intuition and look at that. Um, so cultivating that and like refining that is is so valuable okay lesson number nine failing is not as scary as you think get really good at failing and try new things and learn and try again 
failing is actually the fastest route there. Staying still, trying to do it perfectly is the slowest route there. Um, I used to have such a bad relationship with failing. I would be like, I can't fail because it means this about me. I made it mean I wasn't good enough. I would never be able to hit this goal. I, I, you know, all of these different things. And throughout the years, like when I first left college, like I was terrified of failing. Now I'm like, you know what? Let me just fail to learn. Like, like let me fail to get more information so that I can apply that information to make a better decision, right? I feel like now my approach is like, we're just gathering information, right? Like, let's just do it quickly. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> like, let me take action. Let me learn. That was uh, that was such a fail. Okay, let me evaluate. Let me keep going. Now, in order for you to do that, you have to be okay feeling bad. And a lot of times, we're not okay feeling bad. We don't want to feel like we messed it up. We don't want to feel confused. We don't want to feel frustrated. We don't want to feel, um, you know, like a failure. Um, and I think for me, what I realized, like, if I increase my capacity to be able to feel these big, bad emotions, then I get to move faster because feeling is no longer this, like, it's no longer this, like, heavy thing. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I failed and here's what I learned, right? But I'm only able to do that if I have the skills to regulate and process my emotions, Right. And so this is something that like we're not taught, like we're not taught how to process our emotions. It's legitimately a skill. Um, So for me, what made this switch and light bulb moment happen was, oh, if I'm willing to feel any emotion, then let me just gather as much information as possible, knowing that along the way I have the skill of processing and regulating. um, And that's just going to get me there way faster. Um, Lesson number 10. Okay, this is so fun. This was kind of lesson or like reflection back is you're eventually going to find deep, meaningful work you craved when you graduated college and it's going to be so exciting. I recently found this year a video of 18-year-old me (laughs) vlogging, I guess. (laughs) And I was like vlogging about like my my thoughts about post-graduation and it was so so interesting like just watching little 18 year old me or maybe not 18 22 22 year old me like kind of process these things and one of the things that I said was I know that I am gonna have a job after college I know that I'm going to excel at my job I have always been like a driven and ambitious person so I'm like yeah yeah no like I'm gonna do great (laughs) um so I'm like saying this all in the video and I'm like, I'm not scared of, of like the work that it'll take to hit the goal that I want to hit. What I'm most afraid of is that I won't find something deep and meaningful to like give my life and talent to, <laughs> which when I'm like looking back, I'm like, dang, little 22 year old Andrea, you're deep. <laughs> like, why are you thinking about these things? And, and so as I was seeing that and hearing myself say, like, I just, I, that's the real, the most important thing that I want. Like, I know I can put in the work. I just want to make sure I'm doing like meaningful and deep work. And as I watched that video, um, 
sitting where I am right now, having my own business, helping first-gen women of color slash Latinas learn how to manage their money and feel empowered with their finances, I I was like so mind-blown, grateful, excited, content because I was like, oh, little 22-year-old Andrea, you did it. Like we did it. We found meaningful, deep work. The thing that you were craving in this video, in this moment of your life, like you are doing it. And it was such a fun moment for me to be like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> and so now I'm like, oh my gosh, should should I make a video right now for like future Andrea to find in 10 years? Like I, <laughs> I can only wonder what that version of me will say and do about current me. Um, and I think that kind of also goes into like being a, being a, um, like holding space for your present you. Sometimes our present us is the one that we're most critical about. Like, oh, we should have done this. We shouldn't have done that. Like, we're we're not going at the best pace, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, but if you look at past you, past you is probably like, whoa, dude, you're like killing it. And then future you is probably going to think so highly of you. So the best gift we can give ourselves, and I'm telling myself this advice, is can you give present you also the love and encouragement and support and compassion that you need as you become, you know, as you, you pursue your goals. So I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, I love the end of the year because it's, you know, just a time to reflect. It's a time to evaluate. And next week's episode, I want to make specifically about um, money goal reflections and money um, goals for the next year, how I approach that. So look out for that episode. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a great, uh, end of the year and I will hear from me in 2024.